a Pulp MX Network production. With your support of our sponsors, we have reached over 800 podcasts and counting. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out. Donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, support your moto addiction by buying from our sponsors. It's the Steve Mathis Show on RacerX.com. Presented by Fox Racing. The original moto podcast. Featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to the Racer X online podcast show. That's right. It's a show with a bunch of people talking, and it's a podcast, and they're doing well. And thanks for listening, everybody. Really appreciate it. This is going to be the Lucas Oil AMA Pro Motocross season preview podcast. 250s and 450s. We'll cover them both in this show. This uh, Racer X online podcast brought to you by Fox Racing. Fox Racing, the global innovation leader in motocross racewear, foxhead.com. Please check them out. Uh, Ryan Dungey, Kenny Rocks, and some of the guys that wear Foxhead. Mountain bike gear as well. Uh, lots of casual, of course, what Fox is known for. Flex Air out now. Uh, limited edition, glow-in-the-dark stuff. Uh, LE, uh, retro stuff. All available on foxhead.com. Go to your local dealer to get, get it. If your local dealer doesn't carry Fox, then go somewhere else. Fox Racing, thanks for presenting it. Um, RacerXOnline.com forward slash subscribe to the new issue. Uh, to talk about the new issue and this 450s 250 MX preview, the voice of American motocross and my boss, Jason Wygant. What's up, Weech? Oh, it's coming up. Yeah, I'm very excited. You're, my 12 weeks of glory is just days away. You're back. You are back. Yeah. Yep. Yep, I'm a broadcaster for 12 weekends a year. I'm just a desk jockey for the rest, so this is the best time of the year. It's not just because it's summer. Um, the summer series is what makes the summer so good. Oh, it's fantastic. Let me tell you. Yep. F the winter series. There's nothing going on there. The real series is just 12 rounds of fury across America. Well, uh, I've noticed, though, uh, when you watch some of those Fox Supercross broadcasts, Jeremy Martin was back to being a two-time pro motocross champion. It's been recrowned. So, uh, kumbaya. Both series are yeah. awesome now. Yeah, it does feel like there's been a, a bit of a... Well, motocross guys always change. You, Weed, you always said it. No one said a word to you. You just said, you know, Monster Energy Supercross champion or whatever. And yeah, yeah, I made a point to do that. Yeah. I even did it on the uh, Red Bull straight rhythm, which I don't know if they were pumped on, but I was like, that's what it is. Yeah. That's yeah. what is. He's the Monster Energy Supercross champ. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, also <laughs> yeah. with me, Fly Racing's own uh, past German Supercross champion, past Montreal Supercross champion, the man who's owned every national number in the 30s. Jason Thomas, what's up? <laughs> Just uh, about to kick off another outdoor series. I was uh, was listening to a few of these. I listened to the the preview, and then I listened to the Hangtown review over the weekend when I was exercising a bit. So just uh, trying to wrap my head around kind of where we were a year ago. Why would you do that? Prep? We probably just look like yeah, you did prep, and we look like idiots probably. Well, it's not. Well, I have to do some work next weekend for the the event, so I was just trying to get as prepared as I could. Not so much for this. This is a bunch of, you know, Bro. us idiots talking. That yeah. was more for next weekend. Yeah, none of this stuff can be held against us in six months. No, it wasn't for that. It was more, but I feel like I'm much more uh, kind of caught up on where we were last year going into this thing and kind of how it all played out. So, um, Weege, do you get, like, you know, you go on Vital MX 
or I get people tweeting me a lot. They hate Ralph. A lot of people hate Ralph. I do not. I think Ralph's awesome. I think he does a good job. Do you get that kind of hate, though? I almost feel like just by default you would get that hate. Uh, no, very rarely. Um, I can tell this now because this will be, good Lord, I'm getting old. This will actually be my eighth year doing this. Um, I did go to dinner one time before uh, we started, like, say, in April of 2009, uh, starting with our producer and director, uh, Chris Bond and Jeff Manhart. And they're like, oh, yeah, let's go to dinner. We'll meet up. We'll introduce you. I kind of knew them casually. Mm-hmm. They're like, we'll get on the same page. So I'm thinking we're going to talk business. We sit down, and all they wanted to say was, do you go on message boards? And I was like, yeah, I kind of have to. And they're like, well, you need to stop. That was all they wanted. They didn't, it was nothing to do with how to do TV or how they do it. <laughs> they just wanted me to be out of the message boards because they figured it would drive me insane. And I wanted to so badly, like movie style, like James Bond style, just be like, if you do a good job, they're not going to say you suck. But I didn't. <laughs> I just said, all right, I won't read it. But no, I have to say, Okay. I mean, yeah. 99% fine. I, I Maybe two or three times a year I get something from someone because they're clearly biased towards some writer and they didn't like what I said. But, you know, man, I'll hold I'll, – I'm actually glad. Like, I'm glad to read the message boards. There's hardly anything bad at all. I'm, I'm proud of that. Uh, Grant Langston and George Lindsay all coming back. TV, TV crew set. Okay. Yeah, and, and just so this isn't an ego stroke myself, you know, I don't think you hear much crap talk on them either. I think people just like, like them. There's for sure the Internet's evil, there's no doubt, and people can be nasty. But it doesn't totally excuse you. Like sometimes sometimes you do something wrong and the people are right, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, you, you know, know I, I don't want to completely ignore it. Sometimes the people are calling out things that are correct. You know that uh, Internet video with the Leave Britney Alone guy? Remember, he's crying and everything? I want to. Uh, no. Oh, I want to do that. Yeah, I, I want to do that for Ralph. I feel like I should do that for Ralph. Of course, okay. maybe because Ralph and I share a love of uh, rock and roll music. I was uh, saw him at Track Walk in Vegas. I'm like, uh, hey Ralph. Yeah, I went to the Billy Idol concert at the uh, Hard Rock. It was great. He's like, yeah, yeah, I went too. My buddy's the guitar player, and then we went backstage. We met Billy, hung out with Billy, and talked to the guitar player. And here's what they're doing, and here's how their tour is going, and here's what. And I'm just like, you such a one upper, Ralph. I was in the. I just bought a ticket and watched him. So Ralph is not bothered. I can tell you by anything that any of the, the fans of the message board are saying. He's he's got it going on. You you're not going to burst his bubble with something unvital. Just one, just one up me for the Billy Idol concert. I was trying to tell him how good it was. He he clearly knew. Um. Hey, so the new so this thing where we're talking and begging people to subscribe to the magazine uh, is actually kind of working. People are digging it, and there's a, a B.J. Smith story in the new issue written about Austin Stroop um, that's that's uh, really compelling and out, and people should check it out. Uh, RacerXOnline.com forward slash subscribe. It's cheap as hell, and people think there's mostly like race results and race stories in there, uh, which they can read on the internet, and that's not true. We we realize that it's dated. So the magazine is full of uh, human interest stories and behind-the-scenes looks and lots of things. EJ just wrote something on Austin Forkner. No, uh, oh, that's coming up. Oh, but, uh, oops. Oh, no, 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 no. Davey wrote a thing on Forkner. Sorry, oh, in the magazine that's okay. about out. Uh, EJ wrote a thing on Jeff Emig. Um, so there you go. Yeah, there's a nice uh, bookend. So we got a story on Forkner and his coming debut. And uh, really cool, uh, you know, reminiscing about 1997 with Jeff Emig, which, as we know, is actually one of the – that Supercross title is one – it's got to be right up there with one of the craziest years ever um, for a variety of reasons. So 
again, that's not stuff you'll see on the web anywhere. Nothing from Fort or nothing from Manic anywhere on the internet. You got to read the mag. Maybe I should pick the mag up so I know who wrote the stories. Yeah, well, I do notice sometimes I read the stuff on Basecamp, which is our inner office yeah. message system that we can all read. And a lot of times I do just read it, and then I don't even think of. No, I'm with you. I, I read them online well before they come out in the magazine, and then I kind of. So the, the, that's yeah, why I said yeah. the Forkner one. So that's that's like two issues that's from it. now. <laughs> no, no, no. I think they're both. Oh, they're both no, in the same one. Okay. Figure out what the, uh, no, I think you're right. I believe Emic is the one that you'd be hitting your mailbox this week, and Forkner will be the one that will be out. It's when the story's done, but it's out next. It's really okay. A time well, if people, do, if we don't notice our subscription numbers picking up, we're just not going to stop doing this podcast. So what if it, what does everybody think about that? Just we're not going to we're not going to do the podcast anymore. Ow. Magazine still pays a lot of the bills. So That's I'm what saying. I'm saying. So if yeah. people don't subscribe, I will not do these podcasts anymore. I will stop. Wow. Yep. Wow. Okay. Don't not subscribe just as a protest. Stop the podcast. Please don't so, do that. So, no, absolutely do that. For sure. Do oh. it. Otherwise, this podcast is going away. Do it now. I'll wait. No, I'm saying I hope people don't hate your podcast so much that they just boycott the magazine to figure oh, out yeah. what to stop you. Yeah, I hope not. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, so the series in general... Um, we have lost in the, I should Indiana, right? Where was that two years? Am I, am I lost? What? I mean, what we, are you talking we about? lost Utah. Sorry. What? Right. Yeah. We lost Utah and gained Southwick. See, this is why I did prep. Yeah, no, this is, this just came to my, I want to talk about the series as a general, as a whole. Um, you thought we lost Indiana? No, no, no. I misspoke. Uh, Utah, Utah. Um, but I'm trying to figure out. That was like two years ago. But no, I'm trying. I know we got gained Southwick, and I was like, which one did we drop? Which one did we drop? Um, so, was it Utah? Was that last year? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Good. Now, uh, does anybody think that that wasn't a positive move? Please speak up now. Anybody <laughs> think perhaps this was a bad trade? This is going to hurt the series. Please speak up. That's what I thought. This is great. <laughs> this is great. It's it's awesome to have Southwick back. It really is. Um, it kind of I've said it before. Reminds me of like a Fenway Park of the series. You're in the middle of a town. You're driving through a schoolyard, and all of a sudden, boom! There's a motocross track kind of right there. It's old school. It's been on the circuit forever. I'm glad it's back. KJ and K- KJ and Scotty Cotta and John Dowd and uh, all these guys. Pat Botten. Uh, they love it. And uh, JT, it's nice to have Southwick back. It is. It's uh man, it was a staple of the series, you know, for however long, you know, and, and you know what the cool thing, and I think, I don't think we get a lot of this anymore. It used to be so prevalent on the series was you didn't have in the re- in recent years, you didn't have a lot of these races where the locals ruled like, and I feel like Southwick was one of those tracks where I know for myself as a racer, I went in there knowing I had to be absolutely on my game to to be ahead of the local guys as far as qualifying and in the motos and all that. Uh, and I feel like we've lost a bit of that. You know, I feel like the kind of the, everyone's on the national circuit now and you don't get the guys that just sign up for the weekend and, and are going to give, you know, the world's best, everything they have. Um, yeah. So I, I think Southwick presents that, that opportunity for a lot of guys to say, Hey, you're walking into my territory on a track that I know better than you'll ever know it. And I'm, you know, and, and sometimes they can, they show you the fast way around and you walk out of there with your tail between your legs. It's nice to have it back. Weech. I'm good job for MX sports for making it happen. I kind of think that right now you, you've, is this 12 
great schedule they have, kind of like the ultimate. Like, I don't think anyone has a problem with any of the the places. Um, yeah, it's a good point. You're right. Like, yeah, Muddy, Creek, Muddy Creek has been a you know pretty popular addition. It's been around and finally got a national. I don't think anyone has an issue with that. Um, you know, all the other ones are still there. Uh, you know, people want to Glen Helen back badly. It's back. Um, you know, some of the ones that they lost, like, say, Freestone or Utah, they were okay. You know, I'm sure people in Utah are bummed or people in Texas are bummed. But I don't think there was a vigil yeah. for any of those. So and even, it might be the best overall schedule they had. And even when we had Southwick, we were going to Elsinore or, or um, Paula or whatever. Or, you know, so, yeah, you're right. Yeah. It's like a combination of everything. Really, I think... If you were to poll the riders, I think Muddy Creek is still a track that most don't like. Um, but I don't think uh, myself. I think it's it's fine. It's not as good as uh, some of the other ones, but um, it's it's fine. But I think if you had to ask the riders, it'd be Muddy Creek was kind of like eh. That's just what I think. Yeah, yeah I, I get I get the same response. Yeah, exactly. Yep. But so Muddy Creek being the low hanging fruit <clears throat> compared to say the Utah one, I think people are happy. But yeah, great to have Southwick back. It'd be, it'd be awesome. Now, d- does Dowd race? Does Johnny Dowd race? Does his son race? His kid probably races. Yeah, but does, does Dowd come back out? I know he's retired, but I feel like Dowd could come out, right? Does the sun race and does the sun rise? I mean, I think if the sun rises, it's about as synonymous with John Dowd racing Southway. I know that he's supposedly retired at thirteen the last time we raced there, but he's. 50. Come on, he's only 50. Yeah, he's 51 or 52, I was going to say. Ah, go for it. I mean, he, oh, he, he makes he it in the moto. late. J, uh, JT, if, 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 if he rides, he makes the motos, right? I don't know. Yeah, I would think so. But one lap is tough. One lap is not a uh, – I think as you get older, one lap heroics get tougher. So, right. you know, I think I think racing would be his best. Um, attribute, you know, and right. I don't think one one lap is. I've been beaten in one lap sprints by people that have zero chance against me in a real race. But uh, yeah, I, I would say he would probably make it, but it would be tougher the way the format is now. And I think Mike Brown's racing Muddy Creek. Finally, oh, I, I would doubt that. I mean, Brownie's Brownie's still active though. I mean, he's literally no, no, I know, but it, his schedule has always prevented right. him from doing it. I think he's in. Yeah. I I think he's in the Muddy Creek Assassin. He'll, he'll win it for sure. Oh, can you imagine? Just one, one, boom, drops the mic. <laughs> um, all right, let's get into this. Uh, we got a lot to talk about. We're going to cover both classes. I tried for two pods, everybody, but Wygant insisted on making it one. So just if we skip over stuff, blame Wygant. Um, Weech, so this is a thing we did on the Pulp Show. JT and I did. I don't know if you're are you aware of this Pulp Mech Show? No. Okay. Um, no. If there's a championship pie, Dungey, Tomac, and Roxon, as far as who's going to win the 450MX title, what percent of the pie do those three take up? I said 80. JT said 90, I think. Yep. What percent? Uh, yeah, I'm going I'm going 90 or, or, or even above. Uh, <laughs> I had to have this discussion today because our, our poll on the website is who will win the 450 title, and it's like, it's out of respect for some really great riders, you know, like Trey Kennard or Jason Anderson, and then we have a whole lot of others in there, we put a huge list. But honestly, we were like, who isn't voting for one of those three as their number one pick? Like, you're not saying, do you think Trey Kennard can win the title? No. You're just saying, who is the number one pick? Is anyone picking anyone besides those three guys yeah, I as mean, their favorite? So maybe I'm going above 90. 
Maybe a couple of them get injured, and maybe one guy's bike breaks or he misses a race or something. I don't know how anyone but those three can win this title. It's just it's really hard to see. Now, Dungey's the defending champion. Uh, Tomac, of course, won four straight motos last year before he cartwheeled out in Thunder Valley. And uh, Kenny Roxon had a back injury to start and then slowly kind of got better, had a bomb dropped on him halfway through the Nationals about his dad and how he hates the team, and he actually got better after the interview came out. These guys, though, JT, first I'll start with you. Like, Dungey's still the favorite, right? Like, I live in Vegas here. Dungey would be, what, 3-1 to one favorite? I mean, he's still going to be the favorite. He would be the favorite. I don't think it would be a landslide favorite, uh, based on what we've seen lately out of Roxanne and Tomac. You know, uh, Tomac's an outdoor champ in his own right, not in this class, but what we saw from him the first five motos of last year, what we saw from him ending the Supercross series, and then, of course, Roxon is your 2014 champ, and then what we've seen from him lately in the Supercross championship to end the year. So I do agree with you. Dungey would be the favorite, but it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be a massive favorite by any means. I, I personally don't think, anyway. But you think Dungey wins? I think so, but it's. I really think it's up for grabs. I do. I, and, and really the only reason I, I say Dungey wins is because he has the total package and he, he puts such pressure on these guys to be perfect. And I just think that we haven't seen that in a long time. You know, I, I know Stu did a, you know, had a perfect season in 2008, and you could make that argument. But year in and year out, Dungey is putting just immense pressure on anyone else to you can just never have a bad moto or a bad day or basically your season's over and that that's a tough a tough thing to face when you're going into a series is basically I have to be, get it right every single time all summer or it's over because you know that Dungey's going to. Weej, do you think that Tomac is quote unquote fixed? I do, but at the same time, I, I just worry when people are like, just wait till the outdoors. And, and to Tomac's credit, he has not said that. At all. In fact, in uh, Vegas, I said, how often are you hearing people say, oh, dude, you're just waiting for Hangtown? And he's like, I'm getting sick of it. He's like, everybody in the autograph line. He's like, I can win a Supercross. Like, I think I'm going to Supercross. I'm not waiting uh, for outdoors. And I think I think those five and three-quarter motos last year kind of almost hurt him because they're just unrealistic. Like, I don't think he's going to go out and win the second moto this weekend by a minute and a half. That was just all time. Um, but that doesn't mean he's not fixed or is going to suck or can't win the title. But I do fear, he probably doesn't care, but I do fear if he doesn't go out and dominate instantly that people are going to say, oh, there's problems because he has this ridiculous standard that he set last year. And I just can't emphasize how ridiculous that was. I don't know if you'll ever see anybody do that uh, again. So I think he's fixed. I think he'll be fine. I think he'll be good. I think he's got a great shot to win races and the title. But I don't know if you're going to see that for the first. Are you so we we you're with JT and I? Dungey Dungey's your pick. Just because of that uh, 24 moto thing, I think Roxon's actually a little underrated because I do think if you look at his background, I think he actually is a little better outdoors than Supercross. Still, I mean, he's far from the typical Euro. I mean, any other guy from Germany, you'd probably just you'd just be checking out the first five months of the year, just waiting until no, I Oh, no. Don't you remember when Rolf Diekenbach was all good, was good in Supercross that one year in 88? Yeah, yeah Roland Diepold. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, no offense to Max Noggle, but I would think, you know, he'd probably do his damage in the Nationals. So I think people forget that Kenny, I think, is slightly better even outdoors than he is in Supercross. So we've seen what he can do in Supercross. 
Uh, and I think right now you're, most people are thinking Dungeons champ and holy crap, look at what Tomac did at the beginning of the year last year. But I yeah, mean, I think 24 both- motos, not making mistakes, not getting hurt. I mean, until somebody does it against Dungey in the current Ryan Dungey, not the 2014 Ryan Dungey that rocks and beat, but this Alden Baker new KTM Dungey. I got to see it before I can believe it that anyone could beat him for 24. Well, JT said it was up for grabs. No, I mean, these guys are way better. You know, I think their situation uh, uh, than, than last year, I mean, providing someone doesn't get hurt, you know, he was not going to win the title once he got hurt. You know, if he goes on 24 motos, he has a great shot at it. And I think Roxon's in a much better spot than he was last year. Who's who's the be- who's the bigger challenger to Dungey, Tomac or, or Roxon? I'm actually still picking Roxon right now. I, I would. Oh, I'd pick Tomac, JT. I would say Tomac. I'd pick Tomac. I guess we. I think Tomac, based off of what we saw last year, he was. Well, he wasn't a little bit better than everyone in the first five motos. He was a lot better than everyone in the first five oh, yeah. motos. Remember, so. uh, remember, JT. He's stuck in a trailer. He maybe doesn't see the actual destruction that Tomac was laying on everybody. Yeah, and, and I'm aware. I just said the word ridiculous. I think three times in one sentence. <laughs> Yeah, I think Dungey is the favorite, as I, I don't think it's up for grabs. I think Dungey is the favorite. You said up for grabs. You said up for grabs. And I'm like, what? You well, said it is up for grabs. But <laughs> well, thank I, you. Yes. You, you, the, the tone that you were laying on that was that I think it's, you know, there is no favorite, which is not what I said. Uh, I just think that it, the level that Tomac was at last year, if he can get anywhere near that, uh, I don't think the other two have anything for him. The question is, can he can he mimic that? Because I, I've never seen that level before out of anyone. So Ricky, I don't know don't that think, he can get back there with all the change he's gone through. You don't think that was a Carmichael level? You think that's higher? That was a higher than a Carmichael level? Well, and I started writing about this for a column later this week. I think that as bikes progress, that mm-hmm. possible levels become higher. So the level that Carmichael was riding at on a 2007 or 6 RMZ 450 I think that a higher level can be attained on a 2016 uh, bike of your choice. Yeah. I, that's personally what I think. You know, between f- fuel injection and suspension, you know, improvements and chassis and all the things that right. uh, traction control and all the things that bikes have improved. I, I just think you can go faster now than you used to be able to go. Uh, so that, and it's not a knock against Carmichael. You know, if Carmichael's prime, if you put him on a 2016 bike versus a 2006 bike, he's going to go faster. So taking that all in a vacuum, that's the fastest I'd ever seen anyone go. So, like, we all think Tomac is fixed, quote-unquote, and we saw him rack off three straight podiums, I think, in Supercross after they tested and got the bike better. Um, there's there's not going to be any of that. those mediocre, I don't want to say that, maybe mediocre is too strong of a word, those average Supercross finishes that Eli was getting, I mean, nobody thinks he's going to do that, right? I mean, he's he's past that. He's not coming no. out of the Nationals and getting fifths and sixths and sevenths again, right? We, no. I, I can't see that. No, I can't no. See that. Okay, yeah, all right. No. Um, the only worry I have on, on, on uh, Tomac's side, uh, even if he doesn't destroy them in the first five and three-quarter motos or six motos like he does last year, I still would like his chances. The only thing I'm worried about, he I feel like compared to Roxanne and Dungey, he has a bigger propensity to just throw it all away. Exhibit A being what happened last year. Um, I think you can pretty much count on, even Kenny had a horrible first round last year, and that was really about it. I mean, every other race he wasn't winning, but he didn't have major problems. He's still getting podiums. Those two guys are really consistent, Dungey being the most consistent. I mean, Tomac has had big crashes. He just has. So I get a little worried about that. 
Yeah, looking at the results last year, obviously take away that first round when his back was jacked up. Um, you know, he got a 16th at Unadilla. I remember that. He got a 7th at Washougal. But other than that, he was rarely off the podium. Problem was, that other guy, Ryan Dungey, yeah. was uh, only off the podium twice. Right. You just don't have the Ken Rocks and Ron Dungy highlight reel of unbelievable crashes. Uh, Tomek's had a couple, and as we learned last year, the hard way, it only takes one. This, um, so that's the only reason I'm up. I'm putting Rocks ahead of him. I mean, yeah, Tomek's highest level is above anybody else's highest level, but as we saw, that's just hard to count on every every weekend. I mean, how do you beat Dungy? His starts phenomenal. The bike is great. He's in killer shape. He's probably got more rod speed now than he's ever had. Like, how do you beat the dude? You know what I mean? Like, he doesn't make mistakes. He doesn't get hurt. He barely falls. <laughs> the only way to beat Ryan Dungey is exactly what Eli Tomac was doing, and that's just take it to him and be better. There, there is no other way because you can't outlast him. You can't be more consistent. You can't, you can't do it better than Ryan's doing it. You just have to go faster. That's the only way to beat him. Or if he's a Terminator, yeah. you've got to get that chip out of the back of his head. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? You can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. You can't right. out championship him. You know, you just have to go out and go faster. That, yeah. And Tomac was doing that. He just couldn't finish. So the, he was doing it the right way. That's the only way you can go about beating Ryan Dungey in a championship. So I think it's also dangerous. Remember, Dunge, I think got a slow start last year. You know, that bike was new, and it's so. Di- I know he won Supercross, but it's just not the same. I don't think. Yeah. He certainly wasn't challenging Tomac at uh, Colorado, but he was better in Colorado than he was. No, at no, no. He was no, 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 Weege. The whole Dungy camp says they were finding settings. They were finding some settings, and it, even though Tomac got hurt, it was too bad because they found some settings. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, again, Tomac was dominating in Colorado, there's no doubt. But Dungy was better at round three than he was yeah. in round one. He yeah. still wasn't winning. I, so there, there, saying, there was no settings for that. Hang- have a better start, I yeah. think, this year. There was no settings for that Hangtown beatdown. I don't care what kind of settings you found. You were not going to beat Eli Tomac. Oh, no. Um, no. I mean, you can't find a minute and a half. A um, minute and a half. You know what? Okay, so it's it's on my sheet of paper. I have the title guys. I have the next group. And then I have some wild card guys I want to talk about. And off to the side on the far left, I have JS7 with a question mark. <laughs> I think <laughs> I think this is the f- probably the fourth consecutive <laughs> Uh, season preview show where JS7 is off by himself with a question mark. <laughs> so I, I mean, let's. I mean, I don't know. You got to let it go. I mean, there's no way he goes 24 and 0, right? <laughs> I don't think there's any way he goes 24. Because <laughs> um, Williams, Williamson and I are really enjoying texting RV photos of Stu saying 24 and 0. Mike said today that he's not quite on his game. He feels like he'll go 21 and 3. You know, so we're we're enjoying this, but I mean, okay, like just real quickly, let's let's give a stew prediction. Weege, stew prediction. Uh, not good. Not good. Okay, g- give us but a give is us he a. Gonna race? Gonna be a hangdown? Is he gonna yes participate t- in multiple rounds of the series? Mike Webb, team manager at Yoshizuki today. Um, Tweeted a photo of of James and said, uh, "Getting ready, testing for Hangtown." Okay, all right. I just at this point, my over and under is how many races he's in, let alone how many races he wins. That's where we're at. I'm gonna go eight motos, one in the top three, few DNFs, and we're done. That's how bold I'm gonna go. 
That's the boldest you can sum it up. JT, go ahead. For the series, I don't think he finishes the series. Well, I think we all agree with that. How long does he go? I will say, let's see. uh, I say he doesn't make it to halfway. And no podium finishes. Okay. And Weeds, you're just going to stick with it's not good? I'll say uh, four, four and a half rounds. That's what I would. That's what I'm gonna say. He will participate in four and a half rounds. You know, so we're such jerks, by the way. It's so <laughs> brutal. What does Stu ever do? Well, I'm gonna say, what does he ever do to us? He hurt me, but I don't think he did anything to you guys, dude. You, I've been accused of, you know, doing things to <laughs> Stu, personal things to <laughs> Stu by other riders over and over and over. I'm a fan. But yeah, by me. I don't know how this go. I don't know how this works out. I don't see an ending. I don't see a. I don't see Stu going 24 motos, getting fifths and sixes, and ends up fourth or fifth in the points at the end of the year. Like, that's not going to happen. Stu never has done that. So it's win or crash, and he's got a bad ankle and this knee. I, I don't know, man. I don't know. He doesn't have the speed to win right now. Not, not against the guys that are out there right now. That's my opinion. I, I haven't seen... Well, speed from him to win in a couple see, of years. I'm still reaching back into my old Stu memories. Yeah, but it's so, been so long. Uh, I mean, we yeah, haven't seen dude, that, you know. I know. 24 and I, I will still say that Stu is the most talented person to ever ride a dirt bike. Uh, I, I firmly believe that. And I agree. Probably the you know highest compliment I can give someone. I put him slightly above Tim Ferry. Slightly He's above. not that guy right now. That's, that's not who we're watching out there. So when we are very honest about how Stu's going to do that. It's because we're taking all this into account. You know, I feel like we're picking on him, but that's just where he's at right now. I just, I have Stu with a question mark. JS seven question mark. <laughs> so, um, all right. So looking at the points last year, Weege, Barsha was third. Baggett was fourth. CP was fifth, which actually I, that's better than I remember him being overall at the end of the year. Yeah. I was shocked when I saw that. Yeah. I was fifth overall. Looking at that thing. All right. Porcel fifth. Yeah. So, um, here's, but I honestly don't think any, I I like three other guys to go four, five, and uh, three, four, or four, five, and six on the points. If we, of course, there's going to be injuries, people, so don't worry. We're doing this like there's no injuries. Uh, Dungey, Rocks, and Tomac in in some order. And then if you look at the next challenger guys, uh, if you go by the points last year, it should be Barsha, Baggett, Purcell. However, if it's me, Weege, Kennard, Muskan, Anderson. I like those three guys ahead of those guys I just mentioned. What, what do you think? Am I am I on the right track, or do you think Baggett, Barsha, or Purcell can can you know beat Kennard, Muskan, and um, uh, Anderson? Uh, I think you are on the right track. The only one, uh, and this is a true wild card, and it's only because he did the exact same thing last year. Is Barsha? I mean, Barsha. I know that these last five Supercrosses have been terrible, but it would not. Shocked me at all if he no. got back to the level he's supposed to be and does exactly what he just did last year. And, and if that's there, he should be as good as Kennard. So, so you're I saying don't, I don't count that out. You are saying he is going to flip the switch, but he did flip the switch. And you're going to say, you, and you're saying he's going to do it again. He certainly could. Yeah, I would not be surprised at all. I mean, only be, that sounds impossible, but we literally yeah, no, saw I, the exact same thing. I would be surprised. You you just said you would not be surprised. I would be very yeah. surprised. JT? If he just flipped the switch and came out and won? Or, no, just 
Do you, do you listen exactly to these? What do, he you, did last year. do you he listen? Exactly what he did last year when he was prized. Do you listen, JT, or do you? What? I do, I okay. do, but we're bouncing around a bit. No, I said top three: Dungy, Dungy, Tomac, Roxon. This is for the next group of guys. The next right, group but of you're dudes. talking about flipping a switch too. Well, what but for Barsha that would be flip to get fourth right now in a race. Barsha would be flipping a switch. How he right? Well, that's what he does. did last year was come out and flip so, a switch and won. So would that's you, what I'm saying. Would you be surprised if he? Got so much better. Yeah, I would be surprised if he flipped the switch and won. That's why. That's why I said won because that's what he did. He went from right. way off the pace to winning races. So, well, I assumed Weege was not talking about winning with Barsha. Or are you Weege? Why are not? You, he was winning you, last year. Are you legitimately talking about winning Weege? The exact same thing that he did last year. Okay. All right. You, you why need, can't he do that? Well, thing now again. you're fucking. You are you going to apologize to me now? Now I'm going to request drug testing for our online editors. <laughs> he did the exact same thing. How is this crazy? Because he did. He did do that last year. Terrible Supercross. Not good. Not good. Not good. Not good. Not good. Win. 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 That's pretty much what he did. Well, he needs a mutter. He needs a mutter to get that started. Um, Lorraine was a mutter. Is he yeah. gonna? Is he gonna collide with Dungey Rocks and Tomac Weed and get some transfer of power? Is that what you're thinking? I'm just going to go back and watch some races from last year because maybe I'm crazy, but I feel like this already happened. Dude, he was. But I'm not getting any acknowledgement dude, of this. He was so bad in Supercross. He was not this bad in Supercross last year when he came back. It wasn't much better. Yeah, it was. It was. It was a little worse this year. But I mean, <laughs> thank I you, in, thank in, you. In the end, it was like waving the white flag. This isn't working. I'm giving up. And one time it was 11th, and this year it was a 14th. Like, like. It was a terrible both times. I, the switch flipped. That's all I can say. And maybe it's a little easier that he actually knows that he could. Like, uh, Hank Helm wasn't great for him last year. Glenn Helm was actually okay. Uh, but I'm sure at that point he was probably still wondering, oh, my God, am I ever going to win again? But now he's probably thinking, Dude. I can just do what I did last year. So he's probably even a little less down in the dumps than he was a year uh, ago. Okay. Let me – Two wins, two moto wins, over or under for Barsha Weech? Uh, I'll go under. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But it, that doesn't mean that he – but the question was, will he be able to – will guys like Kennard, who are the other guys, Muscan and Anderson, leapfrog him? Yeah. Uh, I'm not convinced. I, I think he could beat them. Okay. Um, I think we're sleeping on – I think uh, people are maybe sleeping on Muscan a bit, JT. I'm uh, – I'm high on Muscan's chances. I, I think he's good, man. I think he's really good. I think he's good too, but I, I, I would be much more with you if this had been two months ago when he was on a roll. But I just, I'm just not as confident as I was then because I mm-hmm. haven't seen the same level, you know, since he came back from his wrist injury. So I'm with you in a sense, but I don't think he's. I don't think he's on the level of the top three right now. Right, not in the form we've seen lately, anyway. I, I would say Anderson over Muscan. Weege, what do you think? I think with Muscan, you're going to see some great uh, moments, kind of like you did in Supercross. The thing I worry about with him is, I think hmm, there's a theory. What was it? Putting your unzipping your pants. Yeah. Yeah. Pulling your balls out. Yeah. Uh, now he. He did very well last year. He overcame whatever weaknesses he had doing that for the most part uh, last year. I mean, he darn near won the title. He didn't win it, but you can't fault the effort, and he rode phenomenally. 
but I feel like you just need to be balls out even more on a 450 against these alien level guys. I mean, if you got Tomac, Roxon, and Dunchy firing in all well, cylinders, no, I'm, I'm you not be balls out. So no, I'm this a is worried about that. this is we're discussing the leader of Group B, and we sound like yeah. dicks when we say that, but that's we're discussing the leader of Group B. Dungey, Tomac, and Roxon are out. They're gone. They're better. We all say that. So the leader yeah. of Group B, I think, could be Muscan. You say Barsha, JT. You say, Anderson, say Anderson. Anderson. Yep. That's all. I think you know Canard. Uh, we haven't talked about Canard. JT. What are we going to see from Canard? I'm too worried about Canard's starts. I I don't think that outdoors are going to help his starts any. You know, add 20 more guys in there to a poor start. That doesn't seem like a good combo. Uh. Man, I, I wish I had answers for you on Trey. You know, he's in my real job. He's my, you know, marquee highest paid guy. And I don't still don't have any answers for you. So I will stick with Anderson as the leader of the next pack based on what I saw from him last year outdoors to start the season and mm-hmm. this year all of Supercross. And Trey, I just I would put Trey out there with your James Stewart question mark. I'll put him out there with that. Hmm. Interesting. I don't I don't know. I mean, can anyone really say that they have a clue what Trey's going to do? I think it's going to be really good. My my one thing I'm hoping is that the starts are just less of an issue, not as far as winning motos, but you just got more time, and maybe they're a little less critical. Uh, I know you're saying you're doubling the field, but you're doubling it with a lot of privateers. So if he's starting 8th or 10th or 12th indoors and out, if he can manage to start the same, I think he can steal real off, force the fifth out of that, uh, maybe a little more easily than he did Supercross. So I'm, I'm, I think Trey is going to be better than uh, – I don't think he's getting talked about a lot. I think he's going to be better than expected. Hey, thanks for listening to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. Race tech people, racetech.com. These guys have been in business for over 30 years, supplying racers, riders, and tuners with factory-level suspension to everyday racer. There's a lot of top suspension guys in the pits that got their start with race tech. Uh, trust me on this. There's a, more than a few guys that have learned underneath Paul Feed and gone on to, uh, to great things. Paul Feed, the original suspension guru. I guarantee you, Eh, probably 82.7% of you people listening to this podcast need some sort of suspension work, whether it's uh, just a simple oil change with new bushings and seals, give your bike some love, whether it's the right spring rate for your weight and or speed, or maybe you just need some revalving on the machine to uh, help you uh, take first place in that Chicken Licks Raceway. Something something uh, on your bike needs attention for Race Tech. I guarantee you. Freeze, Gilmore, some of the guys just using uh, Race Tech, Privateer Proven. They work with uh, Ben LeMay also. They're back with Ben LeMay. And uh, they offer a full line of Race Tech high-performance springs. These springs are called high-performance because they're extremely lightweight for their rates and feature the tightest tolerances in the industry. You want to save 10%? At uh, Racetech, go to PulpMX2015. When you order, you can save 10% at Racetech.com. And they're uh, proud sponsors of this podcast, and we thank you guys. All right. Back to the show. Michelin tires are back, people. MichelinMotorcycle.com. Michelin Starcross 5, brand new, available in hard, medium, soft, and sand. Uh, their off-road tires are some of the best ones out there, and they've revamped this whole lineup. There's no one who knows these tires better than our own, Chris Kiefer. When they're calling it comfort casing technology, what are they talking about? Is this a fancy marketing term or what? No, it's actually the carcass of the tire itself, so how much it flexes or how you know sidewall stiffness that you have when you come into corners. And what's cool about this tire is even from the previous version, 
on the MH3, it gives more. So when you hit square edge or you're coming out of a corner with some bumps, it has some give to it. It's more comfort, so it doesn't feel so rigid. A lot of that has to do with the, the CCT. So you're telling me the comfort casing at the end of the day, maybe it helps you a little bit to have some suspension and tires. Yeah, obviously it's flexing a little bit, but also, too, when you come into corners, you don't want it to roll on you. So they've got that dialed in to where you come into a corner and you still have enough stiffness where it grabs and bites, but yet straight line, you have comfort. Hey, as a former factory mechanic, Kiefer, I know all about mounting tires, um, so no problem for me to mount anything. Right. Well, maybe not a moose. Uh, you found mounting these new Michelin's uh, pretty easy, actually. Yeah, I'm a great test rider, but my mechanic skills are novice at best, so mounting the tire wasn't too bad. They sent me a bunch of tires to mount before testing, and I was out there busting in the garage, and normally you got to put some tires in the sun, let them soften up a little bit, but this... Um, the bead rolls on really nice. I didn't have to struggle. No curse words were, were sworn in the garage. So uh, it was a lot better for me, you know, putting these on. Four versions of this tire. They cover all the uses, Kiefer. Reduced weight, comfort casing technology, mounting, traction, handling. They do it all. Starcross 5, MichelinMotorcycle.com. Thank those guys. Check them out at the local dealer people. These guys know tires and they know what they're doing. Okay, let's, 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 let's deviate off this a little bit. Who wins motos in the 450 class this year? Uh, Dungey wins motos. Tomac wins motos. Roxon wins motos. Okay. Who else wins motos? I, I'm uh, I not, can win a moto. I, I can try Ken. I'm not going to give Barsha a moto win. Call, I'm going to give Anderson a win. I'll give Marvin a win at Washougal. Um. I think I think Trey could win. I think he could. Yeah. yeah. It would be fools to say he couldn't. No, yeah. He's done it before. He can do it again, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm going to say Kennard and uh, Marvin are the two guys I think they can do it. CP? Porcel? Possible. He got two seconds last year. No, sorry, one second. I'm, I'm going to make a bold prediction right now. Okay. The top three that we let off the show saying are the favorites, they will win every moto. All 20, They will account for all, account for all 24 motos. Uh, I can't. I can't argue with that. I really can't. No, they're that good, and that's where I'm, I'm not. Well, I'm not stamping it or no, anything. No, make it. You know, it's bold. That's why I'm get, not getting the Barsha talk. I'm not getting that. Listen, I didn't say Barsha gets fourth in the series. I just think that he absolutely could. Like you're just writing it off. Like he's done. Uh, I would put Muscan and Kennard ahead of him, but I would not surprise me if he did what he did last year. Winning motos, overalls. That's what he did last he year. Did it. Okay, so I don't understand. So, okay, all right. So I'm that, not putting him ahead of Muscan and Kennard, but I'm saying there's a chance he's going to be good. Thanks for that. There's a chance a lot of these guys can be good. Thanks for giving us a chance. Um, I, I just can I picture it? Yes. Would I be surprised? No. What, what more do you want me to say? Um, who wins motos? I don't understand. Oh, we, oh, we already, you already said that. Okay, so yeah, I mean, JT, you saying that those three guys. Would win all the moto. I, honestly, yeah. I, I would not take that bet if someone wanted to bet me that. I would not take it. It's tough when you have three of them. <laughs> That's what I know? mean. Yeah, Three guys that are, I don't want to say mark, markedly better, but I, you think they're the best three, you know, far and away from what we've seen, and you're going to say all something happens to all three of them. It's just tough. It's going to be tough for somebody to beat all three of them. Yep. Are well, we, how many other guys won? And Supercross this year. I mean, Anderson won, and that was it. And Muscan almost won. And I think that the problem is these races are so much longer, it just gives more chance for the cream to rise to the top. Like, 
hey, if Dungey got buried once off a starting Supercross, which basically never happened, maybe it's going to be hard for him to make up that ground like it was tough on Moosecan in Atlanta. But he's got twice as long of a race to do it now, and two motos. So you've got to pull the trick twice to win an overall. That's going to be tough. Uh, yeah, it really removes the, the randomness of the results the outdoors do. You know, there's, it's uh, the law of averages play in outdoors much more. There's just so much time. I, th- I think the average fan, especially if if you've ever been out there, if you've been at a race, to see how long that race is, you know, that they're out there, there's so much time to, to come from the back even. Baggett finished 40 points ahead of Anderson last year. Maybe we're not giving Baggett enough credit. I mean, Anderson will be better, like he was in Supercross. But 40 points. But was Anderson at this level no, last no. year? I, I don't. I would no. say no. Anderson will be better, but forty points is a lot. Um, it is. It so, is. yeah, maybe we're not giving Baggett enough credit here. We that's your buddy. Your your bros with Baggett. Last year, uh, at no point was Baggett uh, giving me any any hype at all. It's all about just trying to get through it. I'm like, oh, El Super Cop are going to be there on a 450. Oh, I don't know. I'm just trying to be steady. Uh, this year at Vegas, he actually gave an indicator that he thought this year he could be really good. So, you know, most riders are always saying they're, you know, best shape of their life and best bike ever. Um, he was realistic last year. Like, exactly what he did is what he said he would do, just be steady and mm-hmm. score some points. He'll, uh, he'll be good he's at Bud's Creek. This year he could be good. He'll be yeah. good at Bud's Creek. We know that. Um. Yeah, I just, after what we saw last year, I'm just not sure if he'll ever be able to replicate some of the crazy stuff he did. And the 250s and a 450. It's crazy in a little bit, Weege. Uh, Baggett, Dean Wilson, uh, Trey Kennard, three 250 motocross champions that, I mean, they're great riders. They're all incredible. But generally speaking, winning a 250 title normally bumped you into this stratosphere. These guys are great riders, but they're not in the stratosphere of greatness in 450s. No, it's been one of the strange uh, things. And I think... I mean, I think you have to remove Tomac from that argument because, let's be honest, we saw what he did last year. Again, I said the word ridiculous three times. But Tomac, it's more of a matter of circumstances. Like, he just hasn't been healthy or put it together. But, yeah, I don't think from any of the others, mm-hmm. um, you you can say that Baggett, you know, who's the best 250 guy three years ago and now he's the best 450 guy. He just has not worked like it always uh, used to more often than not. I mean, oddly, Dungy is the last 250 chef to win the 450 title. That's 2009. Really? I guess yeah. so, yeah. Sure, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yep. Um, but you have a lot of good guys in there walking the door, essentially. Tunchy and Villapoto make it hard on anybody. Um, but <clears throat> the guys you're talking about haven't even gotten a sniff at it. It's not like Wilson fit close second once. So we're talking about that B group behind the top three guys. Um, maybe we should not – to, to, to – um, E some uh, egos, we should say it's the A2 group. You know, A1, A2. Um, okay, in the A2 group, one guy who we brought up is Seeley. I think Seeley should be in that group, right? Seeley should be in that four, five, six, seven range, like in that next group of guys. Think so? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Weege? I don't know. I have to see it. I'll have to see it. I think he. He proved a lot even in just that New Jersey round of, you know, he dug pretty deep there. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think we've never seen Cole, you know, on a few tracks, if he gets to start, the track he likes, he's done well. But otherwise, we've never seen Cole just, he's just a workhorse and he's just going to grind it out no matter what the situation is. Um, 
So I don't know. I think we'd have to see it. I, I see more highs and lows, like okay. a couple of motos where you're like, damn, that was good. And then five weeks later, you're like, hey, what happened to that guy? So for a fourth place in the 450 motocross points, I have Muscan, JT as Anderson, and Weege. I'm going Kennard. Kennard. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now that next group of guys, the A3 group, I have Pike, JG, Josh Grant, Tickle, Filthy, Fast Freddy Norn, Justin Brayton, and Andrew Short. Do any of those guys belong in that A2 group? Did I did I did I misplace somebody? Uh, who's the list again? Who's the front of the list? Pike, Norin, Brayton, Pike. Shorty, Nicoletti, Pike, Tickle, Tickle. I think the only one who I think has flirted with, obviously Shorty has, but uh, that was a couple of years ago. Now he's coming in here. The only other guy I think currently that could maybe maybe break into that would be Pike, but it is not. We haven't seen any signs of it so far this year. I feel like in the past he's been close. Right. Um. Yeah, and 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 Shorty. This is Shorty's last ever series. JT. He's going out. Um, hopefully, it's a bit more successful than yours. When you seem like you didn't really want to be racing, <laughs> but um, you know, yeah, Shorty will be a top ten guy, right? I mean, no. I think it's going to be tough at first. I think we do this every year. We come out with twenty four guys that are going to be in the top ten. You know. So something's got to give when it comes right. to that. And I think coming off of an injury, you know, and he's going to, he's got to get good starts. I, I think that's going to be the biggest key is if he gets a good start, he's going to give himself well, a good chance. But we know how these early races are. Everyone's healthy. Everyone thinks they can win the championship. And it's really tough at these opening rounds. Well, Somebody I mean, can't be in the top 10. Well, plus he sucks in Cali, Cali tracks anyways. And he's coming off not well, racing. I'm just saying so, it's, yeah. it's going to be tough. You know, if you make a list of guys, there's a there's a lot of guys that all think they're going to be in the top ten. Shorty's going to f- be lucky to be in the top twenty after four motos, and then he will heat up and finish top ten in the points. That's my prediction. I mean, history would tell you that. Right. Sure. Right. Um, yeah, Brayton, uh, Norin, Norin's fast, man. I don't know. He, he, he missed is. he missed yeah. the last four motos of the year, but he was uh, he was in challenging for eighth, ninth place in the points until he got until he got uh, hurt. So, uh, filthy Phil. What's Filthy going to do, Weege? Uh, I think you'll see some some moments from Filthy at the right time. Um, probably some starts. We haven't seen the starts of the JGR bikes in Supercross, but they usually get it outdoors. And just by that alone, you get the chance of a couple top fives, and then as it worked out last year, a couple lucky breaks, he ended up with a third. So I think you'll see, you know, same thing I was saying with Sealy, a few motos where you're like, wow. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if there'll be, you know, 20 of them. It's funny when you look at the top ten, like all that group of that A three group I just listed. I already have ten guys. <laughs> Dungey right. Tomac, Dungey Tomac, Roxon, Baggett, Barsha, Kennard, Muscan, Seeley, Anderson, three seven seven are all top ten. So I don't think you can count on Shorty to do what he's done, especially with what he's been through well, uh, this year. I mean, this is a lot of time off. I'm like Steve Perry, bro. I'm not going to stop believing. All right. So, um. Steve Perry or the guy who fills in for Steve Perry now that sounds like Steve Perry? Yeah, yeah, the Filipino guy. Yeah. Uh, Chisholm's yeah. back, too. Like, I don't know if Chisholm's a top ten guy, but he's there, man. He's there. Um, somebody I forgot to write down. And Pike JT, I mean, I don't see Pike reaching those RCH levels where he was dancing with the podium at times, uh, outdoors, uh, but maybe. I think top five's, get, top five's uh, possible. 
Top five, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I think so. I think uh, it won't be a week-in and week-out thing, but I think, you know, he'll have his moments where he's right around that top five, you know, four through seven. I think he's certainly capable of being in that in that fight at times, and then he'll have his weekends where he gets 11th, mm-hmm. and he's you know, comes in and smashes the table or, you know, whatever, but... Uh, I think that's what that's what you'll get week in and week out from him is a you know eleven six and then a, you know five fourteen uh-huh. that, that just seems to be how he operates. Um, what about is there any pressure on Pike right now? I mean, there's a lot of dudes that are dealing up a lot, but is there more pressure on Pike? I, I feel like there might be. Why? There's pressure. There's back. pressure on him for for dollars. Yeah. That's like, what I mean. Like it just hasn't been good this year. Yeah, have. but isn't and, there? You know, I know he got messed up for a couple reasons, but it hasn't been like. Every year has been a massive improvement. This is the first uh, rollback. He will get a deal somewhere, but for the money he commanded this year, I know from speaking with him that he – I know this is going to come as a shock to people, but people don't like to take pay cuts. And I kind of told him, like, hey, man, I I know you don't want to have more pressure on you, but if you're looking and wanting more money next year and you're going to get offered less – if you don't do something about it. So take that advice and do what you can with it. I know you're trying as hard as you can, but you're making a lot of money this year. And if you want that to continue, you know, it's based on results. You were a podium guy last year. You were, everyone was excited about you. If you don't continue that excitement, you're not going to get the same money. So it'll be interesting to see how he, what he does with that, you know, and he really hasn't done a lot in Supercross, but the deals are going to start rolling downhill this summer, and if you know he wants money, you gotta you gotta step up. Another guy I didn't put in my group, my A three group, was Bogle. I meant to. I don't think Bogle's in that next group. Uh, I don't think he's in the A two group. I think he's A three group. What, what do you guys think? Mm, I think his starts. I think his starts will get him in the A two group quite a bit. Personally, okay, I do. I think he's going to be. I think he's going to be an A two much more than he'll be an A three. I like that. No, I like that A two. Like we're we're totally saving ourselves by no one's going to complain by saying A two um, and A three. Yo, you're in the A group. Don't worry, you're in the yeah, A group. Yeah. <laughs> Don't mention A three. It's no longer <laughs> Yeah, I, I just think Bogle Bogle's a premier level starter. I mean, he's he's not a lessee, but he's he's one of the best starters in the class consistently every time. And I think I think his his skills are coming around. I was really impressed with him uh, as the season rolled on this year. And I think outdoors is more comfortable for him. It doesn't. It's not as uh, as much work, if that makes sense, as far as uh, coming naturally. I think that's, that's uh, I don't think he'll be on the podium, you know, yeah. or anything like that. But I think he'll be in that mix with those guys. I do. I think the starts will help him, and then I think his speed is underrated. I think that's funny, JT, because I think he's a better Supercross rider than than, than outdoor rider. I think he's got a, I think like Sealy, he's got a lot of skill on a motorcycle, a lot of technical skill, good throttle control, you know. But I don't know about him hanging it out outdoors. But I mean, but see, I watched him, you know? and the only reason I say that is I watched him his first year leading up to Supercross, and I watched his videos. You know, they would uh, Racerx Films and all these videos that would be released of riders at the test track, mm-hmm. and Bogle was one of the worst rookies I'd ever seen at Supercross preseason to the point where a few of my friends and I were all texting each other like, wow, this guy's not even going to qualify <laughs> to, and to see where he's at. And, and keep in mind, you know, we watched him his first year outdoors right after Loretta's and he was top 10 guy. Yeah. So that, that's why I think it just comes more natural to him. Remember when Zach Bell finally got a start? 
He did. It was glorious. Yeah. It was a long time coming, right. that, that start. Um, we, we're going to have to do 250s in another show. We're, we're already right. an hour in. We haven't, we, right. I haven't even asked you guys for predictions. Okay. Um, anybody else? Did I leave anybody else out, privateer-wise or anything? Like, like I'm thinking about like Jesse Wentland's racing. I think he's going to do well. Ben LeMay is racing. Uh, again, these guys aren't going to – they're going to have struggle to break the top ten. Uh, well, Wetland was pretty good um, at times. Just, uh, you know, some of the guys that we're kind of forgetting about. Bloss is in, right, to yeah. the BTO. Yeah, Bloss. Yep. Right, how's, how's Bloss do? I mean, I think he's 10 to 15, maybe a top 10 guy he was here t- Yeah, there, he right? was like 15th last year. Right. You know, on a, on a uh, is, cycle trader, right? Is Tihon doing outdoors? Yeah, he is in. Okay. He's always better outdoors than in Supergrass. Yeah, so yeah. he's a guy that we haven't talked about. Um, Wait, did we mention Josh Grant? I, I mentioned him, yeah, uh, in that A3 group. A3? Well, A3? watch out for Josh Grant at Glen Helen. I heard, Yeah. was it in our group text, or where was it where someone said he's going to win the moto at Glen Helen? Don't be surprised. It wouldn't shock me. I, I wouldn't call it because I think the other guys are, are no. really good and they have everything kind of together. But stranger things have happened. I mean, we <laughs> to doubt Josh Grant and Glen Helen is, is a mistake. He'll be good at Millville and Redbud and Glen Helen. Yeah, but not like not like Glen Helen. I think Glen Helen is, is his spot. We've seen it time and time again. Um, yeah, remember, he got hurt right before Hangtown last year, so I think it's like looking like further in the past. Yeah, because last year didn't count. But remember the USGP for the most part, he always kills it there. He's just got to not get hurt for the next ten days, <laughs> and stay. anything can happen. We're hoping to see Dean Wilson, maybe JT. I think near the end. So that'll be good. Yeah, he's got a long way to go. He's not even riding yet. No, so. I know, but I think near the end of this. Yeah, week, I, I mean, I'm excited to see him. Uh, but it's just when you haven't even ridden a dirt bike yet, man, you can't even start thinking about being back at the races yet. Okay, uh, I was going to send you guys these notes um, uh, before the pod to kind of think about it a little bit, but I forgot, so I'm just going to spring it on you now. Um, Perfect, thanks. Yep. Uh, most surprising rider, most disappointing rider, and give me a shocking moment of the series, uh, prediction-wise. So most surprising rider, most disappointing, and a shocking moment in the series. I'll give you guys some time to think. Um, most surprising moment for me. I kind of gave you a hint earlier. Uh, I think Muscan will be better than everybody thinks, and I think he wins a moto at Washougal. I really do. He's so good there. Um, that's my surprise. That's my surprise uh, of the of the Nationals. Muscan will be better than you think, and he will win a moto at Washougal. All right, JT. Hmm. Surprising moment. I'm going to say uh, Cinturillo. No, 450s. This is the same oh, questions will be asked right. in, in two fifties. All right. Surprising moment, man. Um, Weed, you got one? Yeah, I got one. Okay. We'll give JT a second. Uh, I think you can see Cooper Webb on a four fifty at some point. Whoa. Okay. That's surprising. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. He tweeted today that he's looking forward to the outdoors. So you know. I know. I know. Well, I mean, he's starting on the two fifty, no doubt, but yeah. If things get a little sideways, the wrist should take forever to heal if he tries to get it fixed. Mm-hmm. But if for some reason he misses a few weeks and he's out of the points and he's feeling good, I would not be surprised. Does Weege miss a gate drop, JT? <laughs> <laughs> no. They... Not with Zach. 
They've got to figure yeah, it out. Southwick now. is back. <laughs> oh, personal, your personal, <laughs> your personal demon. Your <laughs> Southwick. Uh, all right, JT. Surprising moment. Surprising moment. I think that uh, Eli Tomac will have over half of the pole positions this season. Mm, okay. All right. So CP will not will not be the, the man to watch. I don't. I don't think so. No. Right. Uh, all right. Uh, and he most, really wasn't last year until Eli went out. Yeah, I don't remember how. Are they the Oakley Bomb or are they just Budweiser? I forget what they are, but that's so why I went with pole position. Yeah. We each. What are they? I don't think there is one this year. Oh, okay. All right. The Oakley yeah. Bomb Award with Purcell and the bombs and custom X-rays and all that kind of stuff. That's that's classic. Um. Okay. So most disappointing uh, rider. Uh, of the series, or, or most disappointing moment. Uh, I'm going to go with Stu. It's just not going to go well. It's just not going to go well. And uh, people will be disappointed. All right. Weege? Uh, like I said, I'm worried for uh, I'm worried for Shorty. I mean, no one wishes well. Stop uh, it. On, uh, we stop. All stop worried, it. Man. Dude. Dude. He raised what? A super cost and a half? Dude, and he's, concussion? he's Andrew Short. Dude. All right. I heard Dude. from I heard from his mechanic that he's never ridden. He says that he's never ridden as much uh, before series or anything as he has now. Like he's so that could be good or bad. Meaning he's so far off, he's got to ride every day. Or that, or that. Well, you can't you can't really ride as much as he's been able to because he hasn't been racing. Right. So that that opens up the possibilities on how much you can ride. True. So I would agree with. That. I would think that's probably true. So you're worried for Shorty. Weech. Yeah, yeah, I am. I, I mean, we want him to have a solid another Andrew Short season to go out like that, but I'm, I'm worried that he might struggle. Panic button? I mean, dude, the guy's this is last season. I don't think he cares enough to be panic button. Andrew Short. He's not fighting for a deal. Comes up way short in the outdoors, or <laughs> uh, JT. What about you? I think most disappointing. I'm leaning towards Barsha. I'm leaning towards Barsha. You saw what happened can... last year. You saw what happened last year. Yeah, we just we yeah. and screaming about last I just year. Don't. That was magical what he did last year, and I have yet to see him do anything in 2016 that would make me believe he was going to do that again. We heard he was getting in fights at the local track while practicing. <laughs> you yeah. heard that, yeah. Yes. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe he's, maybe he's. Maybe he's at a breaking point. Um, ah, man, I just haven't—I haven't even seen one lap. Well, we said no problem. He can flip a switch. It can happen. He probably—I mean, he's probably right. He probably can, but I have not seen anything. No, to, to... no, no. I mean, either nothing, nothing. Not a not a fast qualifier. Not a heat race win. No, nothing. Not like 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 something where you're like ah, but there was that. There, there's just been nothing. Nothing. What what did he have last year? What was the thing last year that you were pointing at at this time? Nothing, but I'm just saying I don't know that he can just do it again. <laughs> that was nothing also. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, sh- so, yeah, I'm Shorty. I got Stu. Which actually, I, Stu's almost a default, though. I did take the easy way out there. Yeah. Um, all right, most shocking moment of the Nationals. And this could be anything, on or off the track or a race or anything else. Shocking moment of the Nationals. Weed, you got one? 
for some reason with me, I'm just thinking something filthy. Something <laughs> like podiums, wins. Uh, it could be all across the map. It could be amazing ride, uh, amazing crash, both in the same race. Could you not see Phil? Hey, Phil, grabbing a holy at a national near you, running three seconds a lot faster than he's qualified at, launching off a berm into the crowd. <laughs> right. I mean, had the frog pond at Southwick. Good chance he ends up in it. <laughs> Good chance. Filthy ends up there. Um, JT, what about you? Most shocking moment? Is that yeah. what it is? Yeah. Um, I'll go if you want to wait. No, I'm just trying to think. I, I, want to, I don't want to just – I want to actually give something of substance here, but they're tough to – we we just gonna just go something filthy that covers that covers something anything filthy. that covers a drug yeah. test a positive drug test anything anything. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm gonna go. I'll go. I'm gonna go. Okay. Southwick's back on the schedule. Uh Tony Larusa. No. Uh, oh, Tony Larusa, the pit, the coach. <laughs> I'm that gonna, would be shocking. I'm going to say Southwick's back on the schedule. The Junkyard Dog top 10s a moto. He top 10s a moto. Uh, he hasn't raced for two or three years, maybe longer. At Southwick, he, he you know obviously him and KJ are designing the track. He, J- John Dowd will be on a 3D racing American Eagle jersey. Yamaha YZ450F, and he will get top 10 in a moto. I'm going to say the most shocking moment will be Andrew Short hole shots the first moto at Hangtown. Uh, that's pretty shocking. <laughs> i got to admit, that, is, awesome. pretty, that is pretty shocking. <laughs> that would be awesome. Probably not far off. Um, no. Okay. Anything else? Do we have anything? Mm, we're going to learn a lot this weekend, I think. What? A, I don't know. What, you mean just preseason prep? I just think it's really tough before you see anything. Like, would anybody have thought, thought that Tomac was going to win by a minute and a half, the second moto? No, but yeah, also, I, I also feel like the California tracks are different. They're different, you know? Um, so sometimes you're not exactly seeing in California what you're going to see for the rest of the series. You know? No, it's true. It's you know, true. so sometimes you got to, I think you got to be, you know, a little bit like, Hey, the, the Nationals start in Thunder Valley. You know, the round three is, I don't know, maybe not. I just, I, but what I was kind of getting at is I think the fun part of all of this is that we don't know. You know, I, I feel like as you, the season goes on, all of us are around the sport and we hear so much stuff that the average fan doesn't. And we're at the races and we watch every practice. We kind of know what's going to happen before it even happens most of the time. Going into the first round, I don't feel like I know exactly what's going to happen, at least not in the 450 class. The 250 class, I feel more, much more confident about the results. The 450, I'm, I'm genuinely interested because I don't know. And that, that's awesome. Anytime you enter a series and you're kind of like, eh, that guy could win, or you know, I could make a case for any three of those guys winning. So that, that's a good place to be, I think. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Weege? Yeah, as crazy as Anaheim 1 has been through the years, and we know that the guy that wins Anaheim 1 often doesn't win the title, uh, so that's kind of a weird event. I, I feel like there's even more guessing 
and guessing I mean by the teams and riders not knowing if their setup's right, sorry to use that word, not knowing if they're in the right place, and you just get these weird races where someone does well at Hangtown, and you think, okay, now we, now we understand where we're at. And then three weeks later, like, man, that wasn't even close to the way things have turned out. Um, so Anaheim 1 has been weird and unpredictable. It doesn't always point the way for the whole series. But I think Hangtown is even more of that. Um, you know, Tomac was killing it also at Glen Helen, also at Colorado last year. But there are other races where it's like, if you did well at Hangtown, your season's pretty much dead because the guys that did poorly there are the guys that end up doing well all season long. Remember, unless you won a moto, on a 350, oh, down. he did. And Chad Reed won the overall on a Kawasaki. And it was two of the most disastrous terms that either of those guys have had their whole career, but they both won that was, the hangdown. That was a Navy so SEAL. That was a Navy SEAL press conference. <laughs> was it? That yeah. Where it came from? Yeah, that was, that the, was the flip the switch, Chad Reed, too. Yeah. It was. And then, yeah, and then Chad. Chad wanted to debate his body fat the next week on the podium, or I don't remember how that went, but it was. Yeah. <laughs> um,. Yeah, I agree. I, I I think every single team I was ever on with every rider I was on, because I was never with guys that won that much or at all, uh, you tested, tested, tested. You went to the first two rounds. Then you freaked out and you pe- tested, tested, tested some more because no one was happy. Do you know what I mean? No one was like, oh, yeah, I'm good. Everybody. And, again, you know, I was, didn't work for a Ryan Dungey guy, so – you know, Ryan Dungey probably goes, or whoever wins these first two rounds, Tomac last year was like, I'm good. But I always felt like, okay, we did all this work for the season. Now the pace steps up, the uh, the speed steps up, and now, oh, our riders aren't happy. You know? I don't know if you found that, JT, with, with, with your stuff, but you probably didn't have that many stuff to test. But uh, Well, you know. yeah, I, I tried to never base my settings off of California tracks because yeah. you'd be lost the rest of the season. Yeah, absolutely. Um all right, word of the day. We're going to bring that back. We all enjoyed it last year. We had a good time uh, with the word of the day, Weege. Um, I got Willy Wonka. Willy Wonka? Willy, Willy Wonka. Willy Wonka. Yeah. All right, I'm game. Let's do JT, it. JT, do you have a, something else? Or? I think it's pretty good. I don't have anything you know that's better. So. Right, I was thinking that or Smashing Pumpkins, but you can't use it as the band. You have to say, like... Something about like smashing. Gallagher, but water with with pumpkins. <laughs> yeah, with like the, the comedian, but you have to say <laughs> smashing pumpkins somehow. But um, we'll go Willy Wonka. That's good. So okay. I think it's tough. I think I think using anytime you use like a proper noun, I think it gets really tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I don't know if that's I fair or not. I thought oh, now you have to make ref- real references when it's a proper noun. Yeah, because yeah, I think any, you can just go nuts with the, you know, you could just insert anybody's name in there, and that's just impossible. Yeah, that's why I think Willy Wonka's a nice compromise. But it's a it's a person. Yeah, but it's it's uh, um, you know nothing that specific where you can you can squeeze it in. I think a few different places. How? That's Weege's job. He's got to try to All work right. it out. I just don't feel it's. I mean, if Weege if Weege is up for the challenge, no problem. I'm just I'm trying to have Weege's back a little bit because. I don't like that road where we're just like, okay, you've got to use Ernest Hemingway this week. Well, he, he said he's Willy Wonka, I think, is doable. We just have to. Uh, Willy Wonka, I think, is a, is a is a bizarre enough character or enough. Willy Wonka is much like Filthy Phil in the way of almost anything goes. With Willy Wonka, <laughs> That's right? what I'm saying. There's also some riders right. that are shorter of statue stature out there. 
You throw that into some sort of Willy Wonka reference. Oh, Willy Wonka that. really short? No, but the Oompa Loompas were. Oh, no, I got to okay. do both. Yeah. Yeah, so. Um, all right, everybody. Uh, the Racerex Online uh, 450 motocross preview. We'll do 250s tomorrow, Wednesday, sometime. And uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Jason Thomas. Oh, presented by Fox Racing, by the way. Jason Thomas, Jason Wygant. Uh, thanks, for, thanks, guys. See ya. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Steve Mathis Show presented by Fox Racing. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck is that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and Magoo was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And, right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't have been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think yeah. he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Poland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? Right. They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse. I mean, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Go Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I just pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. Been no problem. My my ego got in the way, you know. The O Show, Johnny Omar. Stuff that you could you sit there, you didn't even want to ride it. You just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. As the days and the months and the years.